Hi, it's Jamie, progressive number one, number two employee. Leave a message at the... Hey, Jamie, it's me, Jamie. This is your daily pep talk. I know it's been rough going ever since people found out about your acapella group, Mad Harmony, but you will bounce back. I mean, you're the guy always helping people find coverage options with the Name Your Price tool. It should be you giving me the pep talk. Now get out there, hit that high note, and take Mad Harmony all the way to nationals this year! Sorry, this is pitchy. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You are Locked On Bucks, your daily podcast on the Milwaukee Bucks. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team, every day. Welcome to Locked on Bucks. I'm Eric Name. Joining me is Frank Madden. Frank, how are you? I'm doing well. I'm happy to not talk at all today about the Bucks losing to the Chicago Bulls. And um, I'm, I'm happy to look forward to a uh, potentially a tricky game in Charlotte. Uh, and also something that I don't. I don't ever remember seriously discussing a Milwaukee Bucks player being in an MVP. I don't know if I'm saying Giannis is in the MVP race, but he is at least in the fringe discussion. That I think we can at least talk about where he might stack up in that discussion, and maybe some other awards this year. And um, that's a pretty fun topic. That's a good way to turn the page on a bad loss uh, on Sunday. Yeah, no, I think you're totally right. That I can't really think of. I don't even know what the most serious award I would have discussed a buck being in would be. Uh, Bogut as defensive player of the year, maybe. Maybe I had some some arguments for him to do that when he was drawing a bunch of charges and I think generally just being a great defensive center. Um, I don't even know. I, I think both um, Giannis has finished in the top 10 and most improved the last two years. Larry Sanders and Ersan Eliasova have both finished uh, near the top of the most improved standings, but let's be honest, that's not nearly as cool as <laughs> as uh, as most valuable player. I mean, we've had obviously Bucks in the the Rookie of the Year discussion, um, but uh, including this year, right, with Malcolm Brogdon, where I think we've talked a bit about that. But um, but we've never we've never really been able to talk about the the big one. And um, this year, while none of us would argue that Giannis is the MVP of the entire league, I he's he's going to be on some ballots i think which which is pretty cool well cuz ballots have five spots right so yeah i think so i honestly the, i don't even know if there's a hot take brewing in here somewhere but isn't he number 5 like i i think the top 4 is obviously in some order i'm not necessarily in the mood to really hash this whole thing out but harden westbrook lebron kawhi like those are your four and then it seems like to me, I don't know where else I would go with number five. Like Chris, Chris Paul's missed some games this year. Um, yeah, I, th- I think the, I think the injuries and sort of like some there's some dynamics here which give Giannis at least a chance to get into the fifth spot on some ballots. I think um, you mentioned Chris Paul. The, the fact that the Clip- the Clippers have obviously been you know mostly disappointing here in the second half of the mm-hmm. season and and he obviously missed a number of games um i think he, what did he miss like he's he's played i think 54 games most players have played over 70 at this point so you know he's missed you know call it um at least a maybe a quarter or a fifth of the season maybe yeah um so that's that's pretty significant for for a guy like that and i mean he's so great but i guess isaiah thomas i think isaiah is probably like the most i would guess isaiah probably finished his fifth um, just because you know 
he's putting up monster scoring numbers, the Celtics, he's carrying the Celtics. I mean, I think the narrative is, is good. Um, but other guys, like, I mean, Durant clearly would have been in probably the top four or five, if not for the injury. Um, Steph Curry's been, I mean, Steph Curry is still great, but it's almost like the fatigue of, yeah, we kind of been there, done that. And he's got so many weapons around him, even if Durant's been hurt. And obviously without Durant, they've had some struggles at least. So, um, so it's, it's definitely an interesting year in terms of some key guys who might otherwise be in it. I mean, Kyle Lowry, another guy. I was going to say Lowry and DeRozan. Like, Lowry gets hurt. DeRozan was super hot at the start of the year. He's been normalish since, which is still very good, um, but, but not what he was at the start of the season. And I guess John Wall is probably perennial, just perennially underrated. Like, I, I think he's always very good and rarely gets that credit. But, like, they're... There's no narrative for the Wizards like there would be for the Celtics. Like the Celtics could legitimately go get the number one spot, and if Cleveland loses this game to San Antonio tonight, I believe Boston does hop into that number one spot, and they might not give it up the rest of the way with it, with the struggles Cleveland has been having and the rest that they're trying to get guys and uh, kind of all of everything that's going on in Cleveland. Like, okay, that gives Isaiah Thomas some narrative, but... The Wizards being third and winning, I don't know what they're going to end up winning, 50 games? Like, that's not enough for John Wall to sneak in there. Yeah, I, I think I think Wall, Wall and, and Isaiah are pretty interesting just because I think it's natural as point guards that there's going to be some comparison there. And even though I think Isaiah has more help on his team, um, you, you know, if his team is better than John Wall's team, um, I think that that could give him an edge. Although, I mean, personally, I, I don't know. I have a hard time picking Isaiah over John Wall just because of what he does and and you know what he's able to do more on, on both ends and what he does as a playmaker and in lifting his teammates whereas Isaiah is obviously much more of a, a scorer kind of an individual guy um but yeah I mean I think there's probably I would say there's probably like a subset of maybe 10 guys including Jans who probably are going to get you know I don't know I'm totally I'm being arbitrary here, but like maybe like 90, 95% of the names on all these ballots are going to come um, and feature those guys. Um, so l- let's take a step back. So, so before we dive into maybe Giannis and where he fits into sort of the, maybe the, the second half of that group, um, what's your take? I mean, you mentioned the sort of top four consensus that has emerged, uh, Harden, Westbrook, uh, Kawhi, and LeBron. I mean, do you have a strong opinion here on, on how you would rank those guys if you had a ballot? Do you know which way you would go, or uh, you know? I know we've I've heard a couple of people talk about like, oh, would you be okay with a tie, and you know they should tie, you know have joint MVPs or something. Um, I don't expect that to happen, but I don't know what. Where are you thinking about those guys? I think ties are ridiculous. I also think uh, Rachel Nichols has been campaigning on the jump for uh, two awards, where one is best player in the world and the other one is best season and i think that's ridiculous like i think it it's always tough like figuring out who the mvp is it i shouldn't say is always tough sometimes there's just runaway candidates and that's going to be your mvp but for the entire history of basketball we've been able to pick an mvp like we don't need to change it now just because this year there happens to be a, a number of guys putting together ridiculous seasons like it's tough, don't get me wrong, but, I mean, it's sports, and it's the MVP vote. Like, it's not really all that serious. Like, we can just pick an MVP and have that be done with. Um, so, out of those four, um, I think the first one I would disqualify is LeBron. He, he just has not brought it defensively at all. 
Offensively, he's putting together just a bonkers season. Uh, 26 points per game, uh, 8.8 assists, which I think would be a career high for him, 8.4 rebounds or maybe flip-flop them. I can't remember which way they go. Um, But either way, a career high in assists and rebounds for LeBron James coming off six straight finals appearances and in his 14th NBA season. Um, That's ludicrous. That's totally totally ludicrous that he could find career highs in two of the three major categories this late into his career so um offensively he's awesome defensively he's been i don't know he's given he's he's given hardened two years ago levels of effort on defense like it just has been comical yeah he hasn't been trying at all on defense and maybe he can flip it on in the postseason and that's great if he can because that makes basketball much more entertaining to watch um but he just hasn't had it during the regular season so i'd probably count him out um let's just let's just say this though lebron's defensive floor is miles above james harden so even even when correct. his effort level totally is lower, correct he's still obviously um i mean when he's interested he's still a very good defender and and we'll Absolutely. see maybe he can still become that kind of all world um and obviously last year we saw him deliver maybe the the most memorable defensive play in NBA history obviously so so we'll see but yeah I I don't I don't disagree I think LeBron especially with the Cavs struggling as they have I mean you know the Cavs being a bottom third defense um, doesn't reflect on LeBron's defense well either and the fact that they may not um, you know easily win the east with all the talent they have um, also kind of not exactly a feather in LeBron's cap even if at this point, we obviously hold him to an exceptionally high standard. Okay, well, that's easy enough. We agree there. So LeBron is our fourth of those four. You're you're comfortable with that? Yep. Okay. Um, I, I guess this is where it gets hard for me next. Um, I personally think I disqualified Russell Westbrook next. Um, I know there's a, a whole narrative of he doesn't have enough talent, et cetera, et cetera, but... The funny thing about that is a lot of people did think the Thunder had enough talent at the start of the year, and a lot of people did actually project this team to do some some good <laughs> and to have a solid season. And uh, it, it, I guess there, I guess there's a, a reason to try to protect him now and make him say, well, you know, he's out there all by himself. But I mean, he's not. Like there, there's still some talented players there. And I, I think it too often it's just like, oh, it's just Westbrook and a bunch of guys as the as if this is the 08 Cavs and it's LeBron and Larry Hughes. Like, no, it's not. Like there there is some some good players on that Thunder team. So I, I don't necessarily love that. Um the triple double, super awesome, great, but I mean, just an insane usage rate and just I don't this is the type of player that I tend not to like as as an NBA observer is the guy that is going to put up his numbers and get his numbers and I I've talked about it on this podcast before like how many free throw rebounds Westbrook grabs and I've I've talked about kind of just the fact that he's he's going to get his and he's going to take his shots and he will get some a bunch of assists like don't get me wrong obviously he's averaging a triple double but there there's just no empowering of teammates there's no um belief in those teammates there's no making that team better it's okay i i'm going to drag this team to greatness and you know what that's probably not going to ultimately be enough and maybe we could be better if i would do it a different way but it's my way 
and we're going to do it this way, and I'm going to get this triple-double. And, again, watching Westbrook be a lunatic is awesome. Like His effort is crazy and all of that, but I, I, I don't love it. I, I just wish that he would obviously try something maybe a little bit different, and his defense is comically bad comically bad like Harden gets all of the headlines but Westbrook is uh, I don't know if I want to say just as bad but it's pretty bad like he'll just go for steals so that'll help him kind of hide the fact that he's as bad as he is but he falls asleep all the time he doesn't really give an effort on the backside unless he can get a steal and I I just don't think he really brings it on that end so I'm gonna I'm gonna disqualify Russell Westbrook next I would probably also lean Westbrook out the next, and, and I mean, it's kind of a combination of things. I mean, um, you know, the history of the MVP award, and and, and I, people often cite this. I mean, I don't really think this is necessarily a reason not to vote for him, because, I mean, just because, um, you know, guys who win fewer than 50 games pretty much never win the award, or are even are not a one-winner seed don't ever win the award i mean that doesn't necessarily mean that he shouldn't win right i mean that's just sort of like how the award has been voted i don't know if that's necessarily like some some rule that should be sacrosanct but um but i don't know yeah i mean i i mean i will say this i mean he sets up tons of easy buckets for his teammates um he doesn't really have much shooting around him um i I think it is impressive that he racks up the assists that he does i think the rebounds as you were alluding to are the sketchy stat in his stat line. I mean, uh, Tom Haversha did a thing and, you know, he like leads the league in uncontested rebounds. The bigs like do that thing. You mentioned the free throw rebounds. I mean, it's very bizarre. I mean, the, the bigs literally, they just basically box up their guys and let him go come in and, and get the rebounds. And so, I mean, he's talked all year about how he doesn't care about the triple doubles, but I mean, the whole game, plan <laughs> the whole of team the, cares. The, the, the whole team is trying to do it. So, and, and I mean, that's cool, right? Like I, you can tell his teammates, you know, go to war with that, go to war with them. And you know, they are, they're, they're not looking at him as some selfish guy or anything like that. But, um, but you know, and it's one thing, I mean, the thunder are trash when he's on the bench. Um, so he's obviously hugely important. But by the same token, I also, I don't know, like, I don't view the, the triple-double on its own as, I think some people view it as, oh, automatically if you get a triple-double. I mean, since it hasn't been done in, you know, whatever it is, 56 years or something, um, or 55 years, then it, it you, you have to win MVP. And it's like, well, I mean, there's some incredible statistical milestones this year. I mean, hardened shooting, you know, being much more efficient and getting more assists and fewer rebounds. And, I mean, hardened still rebound, getting a ton of rebounds too. I mean, does that really... Is there something magic about, you know, that that re- rebound total being over 10? I mean, I would say no, right? And and I know people are going to say it's it's crazy. There are going to be people who say it's crazy that a guy averaged a 30, 10, and 10 and <laughs> didn't win MVP. And I think in a normal year, that would be true. Um, but I think Harden, I think what he does um, is more in the flow and in the team concept in a lot of ways. And his team is better. He might have a little bit better talent around him, but he makes that team go in a way that, you know, there, there's no other player that in that system, I think, would, would have the same impact that, that he does. And, you know, he's just been so impressive. So I, I, I think those two guys always get compared. Um, and I just always give Harden the edge over, over Westbrook just because I just feel like from a team perspective, um, I think Harden's just going to deliver you kind of more wins at the end of the day just because Russ 
is just, I don't know, like you said, it's just kind of too much. And it was interesting. I think it was, um, maybe it was two years ago when Westbrook went on that tear after Durant got hurt and doing, doing kind of some of the similar things. And I think JJ Redick, this is when he was doing his podcast or he was on a podcast and he said, you know, going into a game against the, the thunder, he thought that Westbrook was like, Oh, he's probably the guy I'd vote for, for MVP. And then he watched a game and he played in a game with against Westbrook. And afterwards he was just kind of like, nah, okay, I'm not going for Westbrook anymore. <laughs> and it, it was just something about it. It just, it was so flagrantly kind of like all about just everything going through him. And it's not to say that, you know, LeBron's going to win 60 games with that team. Um, but I don't know. I, I don't think there's anything that demands that he win the MVP just because of the triple-double. And um, I think, again, if you're going to kind of go with the two ball-dominant guys who don't really play great defense, I would just have to go hard. And um, and, and I think maybe the, the game on Sunday was a good uh, example of, um, of you know, Harden, maybe his stats weren't as big as Westbrook, but, you know, Westbrook was pulling up for 30-footers in garbage time and, you know... It, had a bunch of sort of when the game was out of hand and his team, you know, ultimately got run away from and, and the Rockets won, you know, ultimately pretty comfortably. So, um, so yeah, I, I, I brought in Harden there. Um, so we both have our top two is Kawhi and Harden. Um, but which way would you go between those two guys? I would go Harden. Um, I, I think the, the transformation of that Rockets team is, is just wildly impressive. And obviously you do have to factor in, uh, Mike D'Antoni coming in and uh, kind of the way that Daryl Morey has shaped that roster um, in the last couple of years to kind of fit with what Harden likes to do. But man, like you said, 29 points per game, 11 assists per game, and eight rebounds per game. And again, like, could he get two more assists per, or could he get two more rebounds per game if his bigs would? block out for him and he could just go get rebound. Yeah, he could. Um so like uh, again, the with him and Westbrook, like the the triple double just doesn't really sell me and the transformation in Houston has been just so significant and like that team is his team and he is not just going out and getting empty stats like he is creating things for his teammates and and kind of like I said empowering his teammates and letting them go out and and make plays and be the best that they've been uh kind of throughout their career and uh, I just think it's cool to see guys do that and allowing guys to do that kind of means more to me than just putting up a a crazy stat line uh which which Westbrook has done um Kawhi to me I guess he's probably hurt in my eyes by the fact that he's on the Spurs just because they always have their they always have their stuff together <laughs> if that makes sense like there there's no transformation that needs to happen and again this is probably a bit of the storyteller in me like that wants to have a narrative and wants to to have a story to tell um, but with Kawhi it's just like uh eh, you know the Spurs are really good. Kawhi is their best player, and Kawhi has managed to now take over that mantle as an offensive player. And the offense season he's put together is <laughs> pretty ridiculous. Uh, 26 points per game, almost six rebounds per game, three and a half assists, uh, almost two steals, uh, 
2.7 blocks per game, just two turnovers per game. And if you look at his shooting percentages, he, he, he for a little while, I think he was flirting with a, with a 50-40-90. Um, that, that's probably not going to be the case anymore. He's shooting 48.5% from the field. Uh, 37 or 38% from three and 88% from the free throw line. So that's probably not going to happen. But if you, if you put all of that together, 26, six and three or three and a half with almost a 50, 40, 90 and the best defense in the league, or at least the second best defense in the league behind Draymond green, like one of the best defenders in the league with all of that offensively, it's crazy impressive. But uh, I, I guess to me, there, there's some, system stuff cooked into that as well that he has maybe the best coach in the league and the Spurs just kind of always find a way to do this and maybe it's kind of his own curse as well he's acquired a guy and it's not as spectacular and loud as everyone else but I guess that's almost fitting uh, for Kawhi Leonard that that would be uh, a reason why he wouldn't get an MVP season so um, I'm gonna go with Harden Harden is the one for me, what about you? Uh, I've kind of gone back and forth. I, I mean, I, I think Kawhi, I mean, the, the argument for Kawhi, I think, is, is you know, pretty strong, right? I mean, he's the best defender of, of the guys that we mentioned. I mean, we talked about basically the top four guys, three of them, we've talked about how they haven't played good defense, period, right? They've been below average this year <laughs> defensively. Yeah. Um, LeBron, maybe you can say he's still average, you know, just by his standards, he's, he's been worse. Um, whereas Kawhi is, you know, the best perimeter defender in the game and you know maybe of the past decade or two i mean you know he, he's that good um and i think offensively what he's brought i mean the efficiency with which he scores um you know his, his shooting numbers have come down a little bit but still 61 percent true shooting i mean that's phenomenal um he's just i mean it's incredible what he's done and i, I hate it when people talk about you know guys who can't shoot coming out of college and then they always cite Kawhi leonard because Kawhi leonard is <laughs> you know Kawhi Leonard is an alien. He's not correct. That is not what happens. You know, guys who who can't shoot threes in college, who can't you know shoot period in college, um, don't become guys who shoot forty percent from three and eighty nine percent from the foul line, and you know just just ridiculous scores like this. This is not normal. Um, and and but that's that's Kawhi, right? I mean, nothing about him is normal. The fact that he's not flashy and he's sedated and everything probably doesn't help him either. Um, but you know, he has. He is, if you were looking at all the best teams in the league and you looked at, you know, teams like the Warriors, the Spurs, the Rockets, the Cavs, you know, those teams that, that we're going to draw our pool of MVP candidates from, you know, if you factor in both the number of wins a team has, and the Spurs are second right now in wins, I mean, they've had a phenomenal season, and you factor in the difference between how good the MVP candidate is and how good the next best guy is on their team, I mean... By by that measure, you know Kawhi, I think is actually right. I mean, I don't that Harden is, you know, has uh, you know that much worse of a of a of a supporting cast. I don't even think Westbrook has that much worse of a supporting cast. I mean, the Spurs, the Spurs right now. Here's the irony, and this is this is something that's been brought up against Kawhi. You kind of mentioned it is Kawhi right now is seventh on that team in net rating. Okay, he's plus eight point eight. The guys ahead of him, Patty Mills is plus 13. David Lee is plus 12. Manu Ginobili is plus 11. <laughs> Dwayne Dedman is plus 11. Kyle Anderson's plus 10. Jonathan Simmons is plus 10. Uh, you know, it, the list goes on. And, and 
the irony is th- there's kind of like two I'm, I'm kind of torn on this because on the one hand we say those guys are not that good like i look at the spurs and i'm just like i i, I still don't see the spurs winning a title because i just don't think they have enough guys yeah. to be honest um i mean pal gasol pony parker um you know, those are like the, the foundation, like key, key guys on a championship winning team. I mean, you got to really still buy into LaMarcus um, in ways that maybe some people are, are not buying into as much. Um, I, I, I don't know. I think I think Kawhi is that important to to the Spurs. And but at the same time, it's like, well, if Eric name was their eighth man, how many games do they win? Forty five. I mean, you know, like like what you're alluding to, the system. It, it's such a weird thing because I think they, they, on the one hand, they seem they don't seem to be as talented as they've been in the past, and guys are getting older. Um, and yet, at the same time, it still feels like you know, you look at the plus minus things. You're just thinking like, geez, they can try out anybody. I mean, the Spurs with with Kawhi on the bench have their best defensive rating. Like that's one of these crazy stats that people have brought up. No play, you know, when Kawhi Leonard's on the bench, the Spurs give up 96 points per 100. That's the lowest of any player off the court. So, so if, if you didn't know anything about this team, you'd say, oh, Kawhi Leonard, oh, that guy must be like the bad defender, right? Yeah. Um, and, and it's the exact opposite for offense. He gives them plus nine relative to when he's off the court. So, you know, he, he's obviously, you know, they're plus eight with him on the bench, plus nine with him on the court. So it's this kind of like really confusing thing with Kawhi that doesn't make any sense. And I think the only thing we conclude is Greg Popovich is, yes, the guy who should win coach of the year probably every year. Um, but yep. I think especially this year, um, you know, I think the only way to maybe reconcile all this stuff we're seeing and Kawhi's improvement and the fact that yet at the same time, they don't even need Kawhi on the court to be awesome. I think Greg Popovich is my coach of the year, which wasn't our point today. But um, but I don't know. So I kind of go back and forth on Kawhi. I will say this. People say... People who make the argument, well, defense is half the game. I kind of disagree from a player evaluation perspective. And I think that's why I kind of come back to valuing Harden a bit more. Just because Harden drives the offense for the the Rockets in a way that Kawhi does not in San Antonio. Um, And I think from an individual perspective, I think a guy like Kawhi, as awesome as he is and as bad as Harden might be defensively or as mediocre as Harden might be defensively at this point, I think you can overcome that a lot easier uh, from an individual perspective on defense than you can um, in terms. Then I, I just don't think that that it's a fifty-fifty thing, right? I think you know maybe it's, it's a that's a really bad lie. Maybe. Like uh, there's no way it's fifty-fifty. It's not even close. Yeah. yeah. So maybe it's maybe it's twenty percent, twenty. I don't know, thirty percent, something. It's something far less than fifty percent. I would say um, because again, I think you can. Um, I think you can you can make up for for lesser defenders in ways that um, you know again offensively a guy you know it's it's uh, maybe Rudy Gobert maybe Draymond Green uh, um, maybe Kawhi is one of those guys who can like single handedly make a defense great um, maybe. but I but I, I don't think it's of the same magnitude as as what a guy like Harden can do offensively and I, I just think where the Rockets have gone um, hey Mike D'Antoni all also deserving of coach of the year consideration. Um, but my compromise will be, I think I'll still go Harden uh, for MVP. I'll go pop for coach of the year. And that's probably good because my wife being a huge Houston Rockets fan, uh, would probably be pissed off at me if I picked 
Kawhi to be the MVP. So I think I can <laughs> I can I can go home at night with uh, with that pick. Um, so we pretty much agree there. Yeah, more or less. We right, we've never less. talked about this. Yeah, and I don't. And it's it's worth noting. I think Tim Bontemps did a a straw poll of like a hundred. I think it was like a hundred writer. I don't know. How, he did a, like it was like a bunch of po- folks that he he um, polled unofficially to see where they were leaning on the MVP vote, like likely even people who have votes. And I think the net takeaway was that Harden was was kind of leading by a lot. Um, this is like maybe two three weeks ago. And so I, I think I don't know. That seems like probably the most likely thing. Um, but uh, but we'll certainly see. And honestly, it's one of those things. Like I'm not gonna really well i know my wife would be very angry if russell westbrook won but uh but i'm i'm not i don't know like all these guys are so good like i'm it's been a crazy year for for guys putting up just monster seasons i wouldn't really be ticked (laughs) off with any of these guys but that really brings us back to our last topic like we started this conversation with Giannis, and when you look at Giannis's season this is something like people haven't really done before like there's a million different ways you can draw it up that someone has not had the season that Giannis is having right now this it's just crazy because he's been so good this year and I think we've we've obviously heard throughout Bucks broadcast it was something I brought up at a piece at ESPN Milwaukee earlier this year about how Giannis has been in the top 20 for all five major statistical categories, and I think he slipped out in maybe assists in the last week or so, but he's right in that area, and that's never been done before. Um, Eddie Joseph at For the Win Today was talking about how Giannis has 23 points, 8 rebounds, 5 assists, and 52% field goal percentage, and that's only been done by eight players in NBA history. And those players are Oscar Robertson, Will Chamberlain, Kareem, Larry Bird, Michael Jordan, Charles Barkley, LeBron, and Kevin Durant. So, yeah, that's that's pretty good. Um, and, and it's just funny that I feel like when we were writing at Brew Hoop together, we would often, like, not necessarily scold each other, but like, hey, man, let, let's stop doing posts about, like, okay, we turned the filters on basketball reference up to <laughs> this, this, and this, and no one has ever done that before. And like it, it, it was just so much fun because it wasn't even difficult. Like, like You didn't have to go that far into it to be like, oh, wow, no one's ever done this before. Like You would need maybe four categories, turn them up the right way, and it'd be like, oh, Giannis is the first person to ever do this, or Giannis is the eighth person in the history of basketball to do this. And it's just funny to think that he's going to have one of those type of basketball reference search seasons, if if I do want to call it that. And he's not even getting discussed for MVP. And the Bucks have won more recently, and the, it looks like maybe they're they're gonna slip into the five the five spot. Wow. And th- Careful. Again, again, maybe. <laughs> uh, but again, they're not going to have the wins that would be required. But there's been times before where teams haven't been quite as good. And like you said, 50 wins is kind of the, the plateau that is needed to get MVP votes. But at the same time, we've seen guys on mediocre teams get a bunch of votes before, or at least be in the top three discussion, top four discussion. And Giannis isn't going to be there. But it, it's just crazy to think how this season is so special for him and yet <laughs> he's just, he's on that next tier and i don't even think there's a, a good argument to bring him on to that larger tier like i don't think i can make one uh 
but still he's having that good of a season and it's not even up there the guy i always think of when it comes to those sort of cherry-picked stat uh comparisons Mm -hmm. is uh and this 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 goes back a little bit this goes back uh more than a decade but it's uh our old friend jamal mcglore um and big cat first off uh jamal mcglore when he came to milwaukee in the trade i think it was like the it ended up being like the 15th overall pick that went to new orleans um and he he was a one-time all-star and in that season he like had 13 and 10 you know it was like a total like fluke and they under designations that they took seriously at the time so you know he made made the roster as a big man or whatever and and of course he's like you know one of the like random dudes to ever make an all-star game and then in the season he was in milwaukee there was a point he finished averaging a little less a little under 10 points and 10 rebounds per game but there was a period where he was above 10 and 10 and i just remember hearing the stat quoted that oh he's one of you know four or five guys to be averaging a double double and the other four or five are you know pick your superstars averaging you know 25 (laughs) and 12 or whatever it was and it's just like yeah okay you know Jamal McGlure and Kevin Garnett may both be, maybe they are both averaging a double double, but Kevin Garnett's double double is a little different from Jamal McGlure's double double. <laughs> Thank you very much. Um, so that that's a little different. But with Giannis, I mean, you know, he's averaging, uh, I mean, twenty three eight five, almost two and two. I mean, that we talked about last year, the numbers he put up last year after the All Star break had never been done in that combination. What he's doing this year, even though his assists are down relative to last year, um, it's still a combination no one's ever done before. Um, even when you take out the assists, or the, sorry, the steals and blocks, as you mentioned, you can still find combinations that put him in very elite company. Um, and, you know, the, the big difference, too, is you look at Giannis's, you know, some of the advanced metrics, like, you know, that, that basically sort of try to get at the value that that you know get to kind of a, a full season like like value over replacement and you know win shares and and things like that and you know i mean he he's got huge numbers there right value over replacement on basketball reference he's third behind westbrook and harden um you know, per he's seventh in the league um box score plus minus uh he's seventh again um and very close to, to chris paul in third um you look at you know win shares uh he's sixth in win shares behind Harden, Gobert, interestingly, Leonard Butler, Durant. Um, he's actually ahead of Westbrook uh, in win shares. So you kind of can look at, you know, your your portfolio of advanced stats, which sort of try to aggregate and figure out where a guy is in terms of, you know, how much he has contributed overall to winning. Um, you know, real plus minus, uh, I think he's 15th in, in RPM. Uh, when you do RPM wins, so that sort of, um, you know, basically factors in how much guys have played and things like that. He's eighth in rpm wins at 12.1 um you know again you see the consistent storyline of a guy who is definitely a top 10 player in this league and uh, you know some of them obviously push him some closer to uh to maybe a a potential top five vote so um yeah i I mean it's it's crazy the kind of numbers that we're now taking for granted you know Giannis has i think we've talked about this if Giannis has you know like the other night i mean against the bulls 22 8 and 4 didn't get a stealer block me didn't feel like a good game you know i mean if if a year ago Giannis gets 22 8 and 4 we'd be thinking oh my god this is Giannis headed for real superstardom now we know he is um and so we kind of take for granted but but it's pretty cool so so i don't know i mean where he finishes in in the actual award standings i mean 
I, I really want to see him finish, um, you know, in let's say the top top ten. I would love to see. I'd love to see him get some of those fifth place votes. Um, I think that would just be awesome to see. Just the idea of a Milwaukee Buck being anywhere near, um, you know, an MVP uh, candidacy is is just a really exciting thing. And again, you compare him to the other guys on these lists. Nobody else is 22 years old. <laughs> you know, like uh, Anthony Davis is a year older. Um, he's obviously doesn't get talked about as much this year, despite putting up insane numbers. Just because, no matter how good Anthony Davis is, uh, it doesn't seem to really translate into wins. Um, but uh, for Giannis, the fact that the Bucks are now actually winning some games and, and being competitive, uh, I, I think that really you know is is created just a great storyline for him. And um, you know what, what a season he's had. Uh, starting the all-star game and and now uh, hopefully finishing you know somewhere in that top 10 in, in MVP voting as well I, I'm totally fascinated by where he ends up there because as you mentioned starting the all-star game and in those all-star game votes obviously there there's a large portion that's fans but uh, among players and among media members he did very well there he was second in the Eastern Conference in pretty, I think, in every single category um, for what's the designation there? Front court players or whatever it is uh, to LeBron. So, so he was right there. So uh, I'm interested to see how many MVP votes he gets. I'm interested to see all NBA is. Uh, I, I feel pretty confident thinking that he's on one of the three teams as a forward all NBA. Um, but also in my mind, I'm wondering how sure. high, how high up does he go? Is it, is it a situation where he's just on the third team? Is he able to sneak all the way up into the second team? And I guess kind of, it's funny here in Milwaukee, we both recognize how great he is and then actively totally forget about how, incredible and uh, amazing he has been this season and kind of take take for granted just how how much he does every single night but i I think a lot of times other media members or players or or whoever else only gets to see him maybe twice a year four times a year and each of those nights for them is oh wow this guy is is really good uh so i'm just totally fascinated to see where he ends up in in some of those i know i've already written about is he one of is he on one of the first or second team all defensive teams does he get that kind of respect you would certainly think with the the block and steal numbers that he would um but again first timers on on things like that are it's, it's always a challenge it's always difficult so seeing where he ends up there and then i guess the, where we'll end today is one of the awards that we had we talked about at the very start of this but uh, most improved player i think it's a two-man race and I, again i don't have an encyclopedic knowledge of the most improved player award but i'd assume it's one of the tightest most hotly contested race races uh, of, of all time because with Jokic and with Giannis, you have two dudes taking monster jumps um what what are your thoughts there? Yeah, I, I, it's interesting because I think in the first couple months of the season, I think the narrative was all about Giannis and and his explosion. Whereas uh, for Jokic, he was certainly done a disservice by the fact that I mean he didn't even play much the first month or two of the season. And you know the the you know and, and can you imagine if if you were a Nuggets fan and you were watching Mike Malone like not play Nikola Jokic many minutes for for that period? That that probably would have been pretty agonizing. But um, 
but I think the the interesting thing is that Jokic I think is going to get punished because his raw numbers as as big as the beast he's been the past few months um his raw numbers are not going to look as as huge uh as as Giannis's do uh just because Giannis obviously has you know been playing a huge role all season and the interesting thing too is I mean when you look at their advanced numbers Jokic is actually probably um Jokic and Giannis are actually pretty pretty much the same now in terms of a lot of their advanced metrics and you know you look at things like you know rpm wins i think vor box force plus minus per they're dead even um but the irony is that Jokic was actually a fair bit better than Giannis last year by a lot of those categories so um so the interesting thing is that by advanced metrics you actually say Giannis has probably improved more even though it feels like Giannis you know is less of the new kid on the block and obviously he's he's been around longer than than Jokic has so it's an interesting comparison. Um, I, I think the interesting thing too. I mean, I know Marcus Johnson has has. I think he sort of made his case that that he thought Giannis was almost too good in the second half last season to to be get the award this year. And I actually tweeted at um, Jim and Marcus. I think it was in the Memphis game because I know Marcus especially has been kind of dismissive of Giannis winning the the award. And I think part of it is just because like he think he views it as sort of being beneath Giannis. Like Giannis is sort of an MVP candidate. Where you know who cares about most improved and I think part of that also is because Marcus didn't care I think when when he was kind of making his leap I, I don't know if he, I don't know if the most improved player was was an award then even but um but he's been sort of dismissive in that result which you know hey if you're going to be dismissive of it like that's a pretty good reason to say who cares you're, you're better than that now but um but Giannis finished seventh two years ago uh, I think he was third last year and look if if he's if you're going to count last year's second half against him, well, he didn't win last year. So, I mean, if you look at guys who've improved by the most margin in the last few years, clearly Giannis, you know, is on the verge of something unprecedented. If he finishes first, you know, finish top 10 in the most improved three straight years, I, I can't imagine. I mean, has anybody else ever done that before? <laughs> That's a pretty crazy thing to do. And I think, you know, again, I think it would be kind of a cool realization of, of Giannis's full evolution as, you know, from, from a young guy up and comer to, um, to a true star. And, um, we've certainly seen a lot of guys get rewarded, um, as they kind of make that leap from, you know, good young player to, to all-star caliber player, whether it's, you know, guys like Kevin Love or Jimmy Butler, or, you know, the list goes on. So I'm, I'm hoping that Giannis wins it. I think he's got a great shot at it and, um, I'm, I'm crossing my fingers, even if it's, you know, maybe a, 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 a just an appetizer for what will eventually maybe be a, a, a shot at, at the MVP award down the road. Yeah, I think the the he's too good for it line of uh, argument is very interesting to me because I think you could argue, well, if you want to recognize Giannis, well, he's already been recognized. He started the All-Star game. Um, so I understand it. I'm just not sure if that's how people actually feel. Um, I, I don't know if that's how how voters think about it, that, you know what, we, we already gave him uh, an all-star vote, so we don't need to give him this other vote. But that just seems like like a strange way to kind of try to take away from how much he has improved. Uh, and, and it is significant. There's no doubt about that. And even if you do want to give him uh, what was happening at the end of the season – it's a small sample size. <laughs> it was just after the All-Star break. That's only 28 games. Like, he's done this over, 
it'll be end up being 80, 80 games, uh, 82 games. And it, that's impressive to, to play that way over that long of a stretch, uh, to add in some of that defense as well, uh, to be the man on the team, to be uh, kind of by himself at times too with, uh, with some of the injuries to Middleton and to Jabari and not have a full team and still kind of have this chaos of not having his full supporting cast and still able to put up numbers and uh, get his team in, in a position to get into the playoffs here and try to make some noise. So um, it, it's going to be fascinating. I think both those guys are, are very much... Uh, are very much in the conversation and very much worthy uh, of winning the award. So it'll be interesting to see which way it goes. But like you said, it's funny. The narrative at the start of the season was uh, this is the easiest, most improved player award we've ever we've ever given out. Like, it's Giannis, no doubt about it. And then Jokic kind of came on and kind of took control there. But now I think almost it's, it's to a point where Jokic is no longer a sensation, if that makes sense, that he that okay this is kind of what what Jokic can do so is what he can do better than what Giannis can do and um I don't know it's totally fascinating and uh, again it, it would be an honor much deserved for Giannis as well as any of those other honors we discussed getting on an all defensive team getting on an all NBA team getting some votes for MVP even if they are fifth place votes like all of those things would be would be wildly impressive and would accurately kind of sum up and describe the season that he's had. Yeah, I, I think my my final prediction will be, I think I'll predict Giannis will finish mm, ninth in the MVP balloting. I think he'll finish first in most improved, and I think he will make. It, it depends a lot on how how voters view i think durant in particular um the injury to durant kind of oh i think it's both golden state guys i think draymond and durant makes kind of voting in like where you put draymond because i know last year he got some center votes and it all evens out but uh, yeah i i think he's got i think Giannis has to make third team um i think the question is just do they find a way to get him on the second team and you know if if some people put Draymond at center. Or, well, I, I mean, actually, actually, I guess that wouldn't even. I don't. Does that even matter? I guess if they where they vote him at center or not, probably not. But, um, but like guys like Anthony Davis too. Like Davis could be voted in as a center, even though he doesn't really play center anymore since the trade um, with the uh, with the Kings bringing Cousins there. But, um, but I think you know again, it it'll be interesting. I, I I'll I'll guess ninth, first, and third team All NBA. Although. I think there's a great chance he he could sneak into the second team depending on how people vote. Um, All defensive? Ooh. Well, I mean, I think the 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 first. I mean, some of the same names that that are going to keep Giannis off the first team All NBA are also going to keep him off of the first team All defensive. I mean, you start with you know the fact that Draymond and and Kawhi are probably the two top candidates for the award. Um, that's probably kind of where you'd start um, in terms of your all defensive team. With you know, I'd probably put you know Gobert on there as well. Um, but in terms of other kind of like wings slash big men to to make potentially the second team, I don't know who who else. I mean, I'm looking at like defensive RPM. That's like not not necessarily a great way 
way to, to, to parse it out because I know that's not usually what, what people vote by. But um, but I don't know who else other than Draymond. And I was going to say some of the regulars are like Paul George, who's done it, I think, once or twice now. Or maybe he's a three-time guy. I'm trying to – Paul or no, Jimmy Butler might have been a first-time guy last year. Like Paul those, Millsap, Jimmy Butler, yeah. Yeah, so, the, so those are some of the guys that could keep them out. But I think there's enough down seasons among those guys that he, he – I, I would see a, a second team all defensive uh, nod for him, um, so I, I think he should be able to get there. All right, you heard it here first, Giannis uh, the award ooh. the award train. He's going to have a very. I need to make the rest of my predictions. So oh, go ahead. At MVP, you had him ninth. Um, I'll go eighth, just because I, I think may, I, part of me wants to even say like six or seven, just because I think he gets more respect than I think. He gets if that makes any sense. Um, yeah. and if I, we, we should have learned our lesson. I should I should have learned my MDL else right, and that that obviously was was not the case that, that he was not going to get respected. So I, I could see him finishing higher for sure. Maybe this is it's just me, the chicken little bucks fan <laughs> coming in here. But but yeah, go go higher than me. Okay, Let, let's go with seventh in MVP voting. Um, so so seventh in MVP voting. Man, I don't know if he wins most improved because I do think there are. There are some media members that think the same way as Marcus, that this is an award that's below him now. And maybe that award isn't below Jokic quite yet, even though Jokic has been phenomenal. Um, I'm going to say he's not going to... By the way, like just to address the whole all-star thing, I mean, by definition, if you go from not being considered as an all-star to being a starter in the all-star <laughs> game, by definition, that should mean you should be in the most improved category. I mean, that's like... that's probably the best argument for Giannis um and I, and I know that like you know I, I think you know th- there's the argument you know for Steph Curry well Steph Curry was you know a superstar MVP and then there was some talk about him being most improved last year when he became even greater I mean that I get right if you're already the MVP of the friggin league no you should not win the most improved <laughs> player the next year um but if you're Giannis and you're or, you know a 21 year old doing cool stuff but not really anywhere in the all-star conversation and then the next year you're a lock all-star starter yeah that's a pretty damn good argument and uh, no it's beneath you if like the year before you were awesome that you know like if you were an all-star the year before then i agree it's beneath you but look this is Giannis's coming out year give the guy the damn award i don't know why i'm trying to convince you of it but i feel strongly about it <laughs> Well, now I don't even want to say that Jokic is win. I'm going to say Giannis is going to win because I'm scared of you, Frank. So Giannis <laughs> is going to win most improved. Uh, third team, like you said, does seem kind of the most safe for for all NBA. And I just don't see a way that he gets on first team all defense just because it, it doesn't. With Draymond and Kawhi, both they're taking up forward spots. And it just doesn't seem likely. Um, so I'll, I'll go second team there. All of which is wildly impressive. Like that we said all of those, and I think both of us feel pretty confident in those predictions, is wildly impressive and speaks to just how great this this season has been for Giannis and in turn how great it's been for the Bucks that he's been able to help the Bucks uh, win some games and obviously a bunch of bunch of bad things have happened with the Middleton injury, with Jabari's injury, uh, but Giannis and his kind of transcendence has allowed the Bucks to stay alive in this playoff race and try to finish out the sh- out the season strong. So we'll see if they can do it uh, tomorrow. We'll talk about 
the game. The the Bucks have a, a quick little back to back here, uh, Charlotte and Boston, and they start Tuesday against the Hornets. And again, the this Hornets team was a team that again I'm I'm a big Clifford guy, so I, I was really thinking the Hornets could even kind of match what they did last year and be a a solid team, but that just hasn't been the case, and they've been uh, struggling a little bit as of late. I guess, what are you thinking of going into this game, Frank? Yeah, I mean, the Hornets were were struggling for a while, but they've won, I think, four of five now, and, um, you know, uh, they they are, they have one injury on their injury report, and that is Johnny O'Brien. So that is obviously working in the Bucks' favor. Uh, The fact that we won't see a Johnny O'Brien revenge game um, tomorrow night, but... um, yeah, I mean, they seem to be sort of putting it together a little bit. Uh, they beat the Suns last time out, lost by seven uh, to the uh, Cavs before that. And then in the three games before that, they beat uh, one in Orlando and then at home against the Hawks and Wizards. Um, so, you know, not not total pushover teams there, um, but a team that obviously has kind of been in and out. And for the most part, that's varied with the availability, strangely enough, of Cody Zeller. So um, for whatever reason, when Cody Zeller has been been out um they have not been good at all um and when he's been in the game or when he has played they've been pretty damn good and um they're 27 and 22 with him starting uh there he has a team best plus 236 rating um and that's seventh among all nba centers this year so for whatever reason cody zeller means a lot to this team um and i guess we'll see uh we'll see what happens i I don't want to see marvin williams hit a bunch of threes that's that's my like main thing i don't want to see tomorrow uh, I don't want him to go full Nikola Mirotic on us. That is my my hope, and I hope that that Giannis can uh, can, can uh, you know rise to the challenge against uh, MKG and and Marvin Williams and uh, a team that you know again has has given the Bucks some problems at times, and they ruined my uh, my season opening night return to Wisconsin. So um, Roy Hibbert's no longer there, so I don't know if that helps, but uh, but we'll see. Because certainly with the Bucks going to Boston on Wednesday night. Um, you know, being able to scrape out a win uh, in Charlotte would uh, would definitely be big, and uh, you know, obviously, would get the Bucks back on track. I, I think I have to be somewhat offended that you didn't mention a Spencer Hawes revenge game coming because that seems like a guarantee. <laughs> oh, that's right. Um, but it, it is kind of fascinating with this Hornets team. The Bucks only have them three times this season, and they they had them in that first game, like you mentioned, season opener. They lose one. The Bucks lose to the Hornets one hundred seven ninety six. And then they don't play him again until game 74, and they'll have him again in uh, the home finale for the Bucks in game 81 on Monday, April 10th. So it's just kind of funny that on that opening night you thought, oh, this is a playoff team that the Bucks are losing, and obviously you don't want to see them lose on opening night, but, you know, a tough game against the Hornets, a team that they've struggled with uh, in the last year, and you think, you know what? that's okay like that's not a terrible loss and then all of a sudden the Hornets kind of fall apart and things aren't going so well and you haven't seen them in a while so uh, this is a team like you said that's kind of figuring things out uh, but also still kind of a mess they are just 33 and 40 on the season uh, so there's uh, I don't know it's going to be a strange one and we'll kind of see which way it goes but yeah the the big thing with this Hornets team is they always seem to kind of have Big nights from three against the Bucks and uh, Marvin Williams. You don't want to see get going, and yeah, it, it'll be an interesting one. And we'll be here to talk to you about it tomorrow. So uh, we'll recap the game, and that that should be that. So that was it for today's Lockdown Bucks. That was Frank Madden. I'm Eric Name. We'll talk to you tomorrow. 
you've reached the high fashion hotline. Hi, my family's going to a tailgate, and I want our style to stand out from the crowd. Just go to Old Navy. Old Navy? Yep, Old Navy's got all the latest fall styles. Plus, during Old Navy's colossal sale, you'll save up to 50% off store-wide. Did you say up to 50% off? I did, so don't sit on the sidelines. Old Navy has the perfect pants from 19 bucks, stylish dresses from 15 bucks, and comfy tees for the family from just 6 bucks. right now at Old Navy and OldNavy.com. We're cheering for Old Navy. High fashion, Old Navy. Valid 10-2 to 10-10. Select styles only.